Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is August 4th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog and we're going to continue looking at the things that Paul said to Agrippa and to Festus. Not to be confused with Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> Just plain Festus. So he continues to teach and preach and talk about the visions that he had and the things that he's seen. And then he says something really, really interesting. He says, for these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. And then listen to what he says, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue to unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. I love that little testimony, and there are a couple different reasons why I love this. First of all, I love how he says, I have taught nothing except what the prophets have said. Now, first of all, it's important to note that this King Agrippa was the son of Agrippa I, who killed James and the grandson of the Herod that tried to kill Jesus at his birth. So technically, Agrippa is a Jew, but his loyalty was definitely to Rome. So I think it's really interesting and really insightful here that Paul is going to say, I have taught nothing except what the prophets and what Moses has said would happen. First of all, he is kind of playing towards Agrippa's Judaism right? He's trying to hearken back to Moses and to the things that Agrippa might still believe. And so he's kind of giving a nod to that belief, but then he's also defending himself against what the Pharisees had said that he had done. Remember, they said that he taught against Moses and that he blasphemed the things that the prophets had taught. And so here he's like, I have taught nothing except what they said, but look, they prophesied of Jesus Christ. But something else I like about this verse is in 22, it says, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great. Now, this could be read one of two ways. The first, he could say, well, I've had help from God. And so because of that, I'm still here to witness. I'm still able to witness. Certainly that is true. But I like to read it a second way. It says, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing Meaning the reason why he continues, the reason why he works so hard, the reason why he witnesses with such passion and testifies with such certainty is because of the help that he's received, because of the miracles that he's witnessed, because of the visions that he's had. I like reading it that way because don't we all have our whys? Don't we all have the reason why we continue doing what we do? What is your reason why? What is your reason for holding firm to your covenants, for testifying of the Savior and for his church, for living a consecrated life? What are your reasons why? I feel like in the world that we live in today that is so anti-faith, it's so important that we remember and understand our reasons so that we can think of those things and think, Therefore, having obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. We can continue going. We can continue firm. We can continue in faith because of our reasons why. Now, Festus is a Gentile, and he's not really having any of this. In fact, he says, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. 
What's interesting here is it doesn't seem that up until this point, Paul has really acknowledged Festus or preached to him much at all in this chapter. In fact, he says, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness, for the king knoweth of these things, before whom I also speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. So I love it. He's like, Festus, I'm not crazy, but I'm not really speaking to you. I'm speaking to King Agrippa because he understands exactly what I'm talking about here. And then he says, King Agrippa, believest thou in the prophets? I know that thou believest. And then Agrippa's going to say such an insightful thing here. It's going to tell us so much about him and his motives. It says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that heareth me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. So he's saying, I wish that everyone within the sound of my voice wasn't just almost persuaded, but was all the way, and that they could be just as I am, except besides the fact that I'm in bondage here but that they could experience and feel what I experience and feel. I think any missionary has felt that before, that desire for someone that you love and someone that you're teaching to know and to feel things the same way you are. And it can be heartbreaking and difficult when they don't. It's interesting, President Lee once quoted a bishop who said that these were the saddest words that he knows of a man in a high station. So these are the saddest words that any high up man has ever said, almost thou persuadest me. Then President Lee went on and said, then the bishop said, the king knew the truth, but he lacked the courage to do that which would be required. And then the bishop characterized some things that he discovered in his own ward in a short but powerful sermon. In response to the master, come follow me, some members almost, but not quite, say, thou persuadest me almost to be honest but I need extra help to pass a test. Almost thou persuadest me to keep the Sabbath day holy, but it's fun to play ball on Sunday. Almost thou persuadest me to love my neighbor, but he is a rascal. To be tolerant of others' views, but they are dead wrong. To go home teaching, but it's so cold and damp outside tonight. To pay tithes and offerings, but we do need a new TV. Almost, almost, almost. My friend, something that's interesting, if you study the scriptures long enough, you start to see patterns of the adversary. And a pattern that I've noticed with the adversary is he loves to work with these halfway truths or these halfway attitudes. It's not super common that he works the way he did with, for example, Korahor, that's just all the way bad, right? Generally, he tries to get people halfway there because he knows that that's so much easier than getting people to go all away from God. And so he works in these partials and these halves. Here Agrippa says, almost you persuade me to be Christian, but it's not all the way because Agrippa was afraid of the consequences or of the opinions of the people to go all in. My friends, almost isn't enough for us. We have to hold tight to the things that we've experienced and the things that we know to the testimonies that we've gained or else the adversary and the world will try to take it away from us. Elder Hafen, in one of my favorite talks of all time called The Atonement, All for All, said, If we must give all that we have, then our giving only almost everything is not enough. 
If we almost keep the commandments, we almost receive the blessings. My friends, our Father in heaven wants our all. Now, don't get me wrong. If we are not capable of giving all right now, I think it's better to do what we can than to do nothing at all. But I also think that that can be a tool of the adversary to get us to go halfway or to be halfway in and then to lull us into thinking that we are doing enough or that we are firm enough. Our Father in heaven wants our whole heart. He wants it all. He doesn't want our almost testimony or our almost belief. He wants it all. Listen to how Elder Uchtdorf taught it. He said, commitment is a little like diving into the water. Either you are committed or you are not. Either you are moving forward or you are standing still. There is no halfway. We all face moments of decision that change the rest of our lives. As members of the church, we must ask ourselves, will I dive in or just stand at the edge? Will I step forward or merely test the temperature of the water with my toes? As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have committed to walk in the path of discipleship. We have committed to follow the example of our Savior. Imagine how the world will be blessed and transformed for good when all members of the Lord's Church live up to their true potential, converted in the depths of their souls, and committed to building the kingdom. In some way, each of us stands at a decision point overlooking the water. It is my prayer that we will have faith, move forward, face our fears and doubts with courage, and say to ourselves, I'm committed. My friends, let's give up the almost that holds us back. Whatever it is, whatever it keeps us from being all in and from diving all in, let's identify it and get rid of it so that we can, as Elder Uchtdorf says, dive in and be all committed. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 